The Arabian Nights, the 102nd night. The story of the hunchback. The following night, Shahrazad said, It is related, O king, that there lived once in China a tailor who had a pretty, compatible, and loyal wife. It happened one day that they went out for a stroll to enjoy the sights at a place of entertainment, where they spent the whole day in diversions and fun. And when they returned home at the end of the day, they met on the way a jolly hunchback. He was smartly dressed in a folded inner robe and an open outer robe, with gathered sleeves and an embroidered collarband in the Egyptian style, and sporting a scarf and a tall green hat with knots of yellow silk stuffed with ambergris. The hunchback was short, like him of whom the poet Antar said, Lovely the hunchback who can hide his hump, like a pearl hidden in an oyster shell, a man who looks like a castor oil branch, from which dangles a rotten citric lump. He was busy playing on the tambourine, singing and improvising all kinds of funny gestures. When they drew near and looked at him, they saw that he was drunk, reeking of wine. Then he placed the tambourine under his arm and began to beat time by clapping his hands as he sang the following verses. Go early to the darling in Yon Yong, bring her to me, and fet her as you fet a pretty girl with joy and glee, and make her as pure as a virgin bride, unveiled to please, that I may honour my friend with a cup of wine from Greece. If you, my friend, care for the best in life, life can repay. Then at this moment fill my empty cup without delay. Don't you, my tantalizer, on the plain, the garden sea? But morning overtook Shahrazad, and she lapsed into silence. Then Dinazad said to her sister, What a strange and entertaining story. Shahrazad replied, What is this compared with what I shall tell you tomorrow night, if the king spares me and lets me live? The one hundred and third night. The following night, Shahrazad said, It is related, O king, that when the tailor and his wife saw the hunchback in this condition, drunk and reeking of wine, now singing, now beating the tambourine, they were delighted with him and invited him home to sup and drink with them that night. He accepted gladly and walked with them to their home. Then the tailor went to the market. It was already dark and bought bread, fried fish, radishes, lemons, and a bowl of honey, as well as a candle to give them light during their carousing. When he returned, he set the bread and fish before the hunchback, and the wife joined them for supper. The tailor and his wife were pleased to have the hunchback with them, saying to each other, We will spend the night carousing, bantering, and amusing ourselves with this hunchback. They ate until they were satisfied. Then the tailor took a piece of fish and, cramming it in the hunchback's mouth, held it shut and said, laughing, By God, you must swallow the whole piece. The hunchback, unable to breathe, could not wait to chew, and he hastened to swallow the piece, 
which happened to have a large bone which stuck in his throat and choked him. When the tailor saw the hunchback's eyes rolled up, he raised his hand and boxed him on the chest, and the hunchback's soul left his body, and he slumped lifeless. The tailor and his wife were stunned and trembling, said, "'There is no power and no strength, save in God, the Almighty, the Magnificent. How soon was his appointed hour?' The wife said to her husband, the tailor, "'Why do you sit still and do nothing? Haven't you heard the poet say, "'How can you sit and let the fire rage on? Such idleness brings ruin and destruction.' The tailor asked, "'What shall I do?' And she replied, "'Rise, carry him in your arms, cover him with a silk shawl, and follow me. If anybody sees us in the dark, we shall say, "'This is our sick boy.' who took ill a short while ago, and since the doctor could not come to see him, we are taking him there. If we do that... But morning overtook Shahrazad, and she lapsed into silence. Then Dinazad said to her sister, What a strange and amusing story! Shahrazad replied, What is this, compared with what I shall tell you tomorrow night, if I stay alive? One hundred and fourth night. The following night, Shahrazad said, It is related, O king, that the tailor carried the hunchback in his arms, covered him with a silk shawl, and followed his wife, who led the way, wailing and saying, Oh, my boy, may you recover from your illness. Where has this smallpox been lying in wait for us? So that whoever saw them said, these two have a child stricken with smallpox, until someone directed them to the house of a Jewish physician. When the wife knocked at the door, a maid came down, and when she opened the door, she saw a man carrying a sick child. The wife handed her a quarter dinar and said, Miss, give this to your master, and tell him to come down to see my child, who is gravely ill. As soon as the maid went upstairs, the wife went in, saying to her husband, Let us leave the hunchback here and run. The tailor propped up the hunchback, leaving him standing in the middle of the Jew's staircase, and went away with his wife. Meanwhile, the maid went to the Jew and said to him, Master, there are people downstairs, carrying a sick child, and they have sent you this quarter dinar to go down to see him and prescribe for him. When the Jew saw the quarter dinar as a fee for merely going downstairs, he was pleased, and in his joy rose hastily in the dark, saying to the maid, Bring me light, and descended hurriedly in the dark. But hardly had he taken a step when he stumbled on the hunchback, who fell and rolled to the bottom of the stairs. The Jew was startled, and shouted to the maid, Hurry with the light! When she brought it, he went down, and, finding the hunchback dead, said, "'Oh, Estras, O oh Moses, O oh Aaron, O oh Joshua, son of Nun, it seems that I have stumbled against this sick fellow, and he has fallen downstairs and died. By the hoof of Estras' ass, how shall I get this dead body out of my house?' 
Then he carried the body upstairs, and when he told his wife about it, she said to him, "'Why do you sit still? If the day breaks and he is still here, we will both lose our lives. You are naive and careless.' Then she recited the following verses. "'You thought well of the days when they were good. Oblivious to the ills life brings to one, you were deluded by the peaceful nights, yet in the peace of night does sorrow stun.' But morning overtook Shahrazad, and she lapsed into silence. Then Dinazad said, "'Sister, what a strange and entertaining story!' Shahrazad replied, "'What is this, compared with what I shall tell you tomorrow night, if the king spares me and lets me live?' The one hundred and fifth night. The following night, Shahrazad said, I heard, O king, that the Jew's wife said to him, Why do you sit still? Rise at once, and let us carry the body to the roof and throw it into the house of our neighbour, the Muslim bachelor. It happened that the Jew's neighbour was the steward of the king's kitchen, who used to bring home a great deal of cooking butter which, together with everything else he bought, was eaten by the cats and mice, which caused considerable loss. The Jew and his wife took the hunchback up to the roof, carried him little by little to the steward's house, and holding him by the hands and feet, lowered him until he reached the ground. Then they propped him up against the wall and went away. No sooner had they descended from the roof than the steward, who had been at a recitation of the Qur'an, came home in the middle of the night carrying a lighted candle. He opened the door, and when he entered his house, he found a man standing in the corner under the ventilator and said, "'By God, this is a fine thing. My food has been stolen by none other than a man. You kept taking the meat and the fat sheep tails and scooping out the cooking butter.' and I kept blaming the cats and dogs and mice. I have killed many cats and dogs, and have sinned against them, while you have been coming down the wind-shaft to steal my provision. But now, by God, I will avenge myself on you with my own hands. Then he took a heavy club, and with one leap stood before the hunchback and gave him a heavy blow on the ribcage, and as the hunchback fell, he gave him another blow on the back. Then, looking at his face, and seeing that he was dead, he cried out, saying, "'Alas! I've killed him! There is no power and no strength save in God, the Almighty, the Magnificent!' Then he turned pale with fear for himself, saying, "'May God curse the cooking butter and curse this night! To God we belong, and to Him we return!' But morning overtook Shahrazad, and she lapsed into silence. Then Dinarzad said to her sister, "'What a strange and entertaining story!' Shahrazad replied, "'What is this compared with what I shall tell you tomorrow night, if the king spares me and lets me live?'
The 106th Night The following night, Shahrazad said, It is related, O happy king, that when the steward saw that the man was a hunchback, he said, O hunchback, O cursed man, wasn't it enough for you to be a hunchback, but you had to turn thief too? What shall I do? O protector, protect me. Then, as it was getting toward the end of the night, he carried the hunchback on his back and went out with him until he reached the entrance of the market, where he set him on his feet against a shop at the corner of a dark alley and went away. Soon there came a prominent Christian tradesman who had a workshop and was the king's broker. He was drunk, and in his drunkenness he had left home heading for the bath thinking that morning prayers were near. He came staggering along until he drew near the hunchback and squatted in front of him to urinate, and, happening to look around, suddenly saw a man standing before him. It so happened that early that night someone had snatched off the Christian's turban, so that when he saw the hunchback standing before him, he thought that he too was going to snatch off his turban. He clenched his fist, and boxed the hunchback on the neck, knocking him down. Then, crying out for the watchman, he fell in his drunkenness on the hunchback, pummeling him and choking him. When the watchman came up to the lamppost and saw a Christian kneeling on a Muslim and beating him, he asked, What is the matter? The Christian replied, This man tried to snatch off my turban. The watchman said, Get up from him. And when the Christian got up, the watchman drew close to the hunchback, and, finding that he was dead, said, "'By God! This is a fine thing! A Christian killing a Muslim!' Then he seized the Christian broker, bound him, and brought him in the night to the house of the chief of the police. The Christian was bewildered, wondering how he could have killed the fellow so quickly with one blow of the fist, as— Drunkenness left him, and reflection returned. Then he and the hunchback passed the night in the chief's house. In the morning the chief went up to the king and informed him that his Christian broker had killed a Muslim. The king ordered that the broker be hanged, and the chief went down and bade the executioner proclaim the sentence. Then the hangman set up a gallows, under which he made the Christian stand put the rope around his neck, and was about to hang him, when the steward of the king's kitchen made his way through the crowd, and said to the executioner, "'Stop! This man did not kill the fellow. I am the one who killed him.' The chief asked, "'What did you say?' The steward replied, "'I am the one who killed him.' Then he related to him his story, how he hit the hunchback with the club, and how he carried him and propped him up in the market, adding, "'Is it not enough for me to have killed a Muslim without burdening my conscience with the death of a Christian too? On my own confession, hang no one but me.' But morning overtook Shahrazad, and she lapsed into silence. Then Dinarzad said to her sister, "'What a strange and entertaining story!' Shahrazad replied, what is this compared with what I shall tell you tomorrow night, if the king spares me and lets me live?
The 107th Night The following night, Shahrazad said, I heard, O happy king, that when the chief heard the steward's words, he said to the hangman, Release the Christian, and hang this man on the strength of his confession. The hangman, after releasing the Christian, made the steward stand under the gallows, put the rope around his neck, and was about to hang him, when the Jewish physician made his way through the crowd and cried out to the hangman, Stop! This man did not kill the fellow. I am the one who killed him. Last night I was sitting at home after the markets closed, when a man and a woman knocked at the door. When the maid went down and opened the door, she found that they had a sick person with them. They gave the maid a quarter dinar, and she brought it up to me and told me about them. But no sooner had she come up than they rushed in and placed the sick person at the top of the stairs. When I went down, I stumbled on him, and the two of us rolled to the bottom of the stairs, and he died instantly. No one was the cause of his death but I. Then my wife and I carried the dead hunchback to the roof and let him down through the windshaft into the house of this steward, which adjoins ours, and left him standing in the corner. When the steward came home, he found a man standing there, and, thinking that he was a thief, hit him with a club, knocking him down flat on his face, and concluded that he had killed him, whereas, in truth, none killed him but I. Is it not enough for me to have involuntarily and unwillingly killed one Muslim without burdening my conscience with the death of another Muslim? Don't hang him, for no one killed the hunchback but I. But morning overtook Shahrazad, and she lapsed into silence. Then Dinarzad said to her sister, What a strange and entertaining story. Shahrazad replied, What is this compared with what I shall tell you tomorrow night, if the king spares me and lets me live? The 108th Night The following night, Shahrazad said, I heard, O happy king, that when the chief heard the Jew's words, he said to the hangman, Release the steward and hang the Jew. The hangman seized the Jew and put the rope around his neck, when the tailor made his way through the crowd and said to the hangman, Stop! This man did not kill him, and none killed him but I. Then, turning to the chief, he said, My lord, none killed the hunchback but I. Yesterday I went out to see the sight, and when I returned in the evening, I met the hunchback, who was drunk and singing and playing on the tambourine. I invited him home with me, and then went out, bought fried fish for him, and brought it back. Then we sat to eat, and I took a piece of fish and crammed it down his throat, and he choked on a bone and died instantly. My wife and I were frightened, and we carried him to the Jew's house. We knocked at the door, and when the maid came down and opened the door, I said to her, Go up and tell your master that there are a man and a woman downstairs with a sick person for him to see, handing her a quarter dinar to give to her master. As soon as she went up, I carried the hunchback to the top of the stairs, propped him up, 
and went down and ran with my wife. When the Jew came down, he stumbled against a hunchback, and thought that he had killed him. Then the tailor turned to the Jew and asked, "'Isn't this the truth?' The Jew replied, "'Yes, this is the truth.' Then, turning back to the chief, the tailor said, "'Release the Jew and hang me, since I am the one who killed the hunchback.' When the chief heard the tailor's words, he marvelled at the adventure of the hunchback and said, "'There is a mystery behind this story, and it should be recorded in the book, even in letters of gold.' Then he said to the hangman, "'Release the Jew and hang the tailor on his own confession.' The hangman released the Jew and placed the tailor under the gallows, saying to the chief, "'I'm tired of stringing up this man and releasing that without any result.' Then he put the rope around the tailor's neck and threw the other end over the pulley. It happened that the hunchback was the favourite clown of the King of China, who could not bear to be without him, even for the batting of an eye, so that when the hunchback got drunk and failed to make his appearance that night, but morning overtook Shahrazad, and she lapsed into silence. Then Dinarzad said, Sister, what a strange and entertaining story. Shahrazad replied, What is this compared with what I shall tell you tomorrow night, if the king spares me and lets me live? One hundred and ninth night. The following night, Shahrazad said, I heard, O happy king, that when the hunchback got drunk and failed to make his appearance before the king that night, and when the king waited for him in vain the next day until it was close to noon, he at last inquired about him from one of those present, who replied, I heard, O king, that the chief of the police found a dead hunchback and caught his murderer. But when he was about to hang him, a second and a third man came forward, and each claimed to be the murderer. They are still there, each telling the chief how the hunchback died. When the king of China heard these words, he called out to one of his chamberlains, saying, "'Go down and bring me everyone, the chief, the murdered man, and the murderers.' The chamberlain went down at once, and arrived just when the hangman had put the rope around the tailor's neck and was about to hoist him up. He cried out to the hangman, Stop! and turning to the chief, relayed to him the king's order. The chief took the tailor, the Jew, the steward, and the Christian, together with the hunchback, carried on a litter, and brought them all before the king. He kissed the ground before him, and related to him their adventures with the hunchback from beginning to end. When the king of China heard the story, he was very much amazed and moved to mirth, and he ordered that the story be recorded, saying to those around him, "'Have you ever heard anything more amazing than the adventure of the hunchback?' The Christian broker came forward, and kissing the ground before the king, said, "'O king of the age, with your leave I will tell you a more amazing story that happened to myself.' a story that will make even the stone weep. The king replied, Tell us your story. 
The Christian Broker's Tale The Young Man with a Severed Hand and the Girl O King, I came as a stranger to your country, bringing merchandise with me, and was fated to stay here these many years. I was born a Copt, a native of Cairo. My father was a prominent broker, and when he died I became a broker in his place and worked there for many years. One day, as I was sitting in the market of the fodder merchants in Cairo, a handsome and finely dressed young man riding a tall ass came up to me. He saluted me, and I arose in salute. Then he took out a handkerchief containing sesame and asked me, "'How much is the measure worth?' But morning overtook Shahrazad, and she lapsed into silence. Then Dinazad said, "'Sister, what a strange and entertaining story!' Shahrazad replied, "'What is this compared with what I shall tell you tomorrow night, "'if the king spares me and lets me live?' The 110th Night The following night, Shahrazad said, I heard, O happy king, that the Christian broker said to the king of China, O king of the age, I replied to the young man, It is worth a hundred dirhams. He said, Take a measurer and some porters and come to the Al-Jawli Caravanserai by the gate of victory where you will find me. I rose and went to find a buyer, making the rounds of the sesame merchants, confectioners and fodder dealers, and got one hundred dirhams per measure. Then I took with me four teams of porters, and went with them to the Al-Jawli Caravanserai, where I found the young man waiting for me. As soon as he saw me, he rose and led me to the storeroom, saying, Let the measurer enter to measure, while the porters load the donkeys. The porters kept loading, one team coming and one team going, until they emptied the storeroom, carrying fifty measures in all, costing five thousand dirhams. Then the young man said to me, Take ten dirhams per measure for your brokerage and keep my share of four thousand five hundred dirhams with you. When I finish selling the rest of my crop, I will come to you and take the money. I replied, Very well, kissed his hand and departed, surprised at his liberality. For a month I sat waiting for him until he finally came and asked, Where is the money? I welcomed him and invited him to sit with me and have something to eat. But he refused and said, Go and get the money, and in a little while I will come back to take it from you. Then he departed on Asback, while I went and brought the money and sat waiting for him. But again he did not show up for a month, and I said to myself, this is indeed a liberal young man. He has left four thousand and five hundred dirhams of his money with me for two full months, without coming to take it. At last he came back, riding an ass, dressed in fine clothes, and looking as if he had just come from the bath. But morning overtook Shahrazad, and she lapsed into silence. Then Dinazad said, What a strange and entertaining story! Shahrazad replied, What is this compared with what I shall tell you tomorrow night, if the king spares me 
and lets me live. The 111th Night The following night, Shahrazad said, I heard, O happy king, that the Christian broker said to the king of China, The young man looked as if he had just come from the bath. When I saw him, I left the shop and went up to him, saying, Sir, will you take your money back? He replied, What is the hurry? Wait until I sell the rest of my crop. Then I'll take it from you next week. When he left, I said to myself, When he comes back next time, I will invite him to eat with me. He was absent for the rest of the year, during which I used his money, trading with it and making a great deal of profit. At the end of the year he came back again, dressed in fine clothes. When I saw him, I went up to him and swore by the New Testament that he must eat with me as my guest. He agreed, saying, On condition that what you spend on me will be from my own money. I replied, Very well. Then I went in, prepared the place for him, and seated him. Then I went to the market, and getting enough of beverages, stuffed chickens and sweets, set them before him, saying, Please help yourself. He came to the table, and began to eat with his left hand. I said to myself, Only God is perfect. Here is a young man who is handsome and respectable, yet so conceited that he does not bother to use his right hand in eating with me. But I ate with him. But morning overtook Shahrazad, and she lapsed into silence. Then Dinazad said, What a strange and entertaining story. Shahrazad replied, What is this compared with what I shall tell you tomorrow night, if the king spares me and lets me live? The 112th Night The following night, Shahrazad said, I heard, O happy king, that the Christian broker said to the king of China, When we finished eating, I poured water on his hand and gave him something to wipe it with, and after I offered him some sweets, we sat to chat. I asked him, Sir, relieve my mind by telling me why you ate with me with your left hand. Does something ail your right hand? When the young man heard my question, he wept and recited the following verses. If Layla I have for Selma exchanged, t'was not at will but by necessity. Then he drew his right arm from his bosom and showed it to me. It was a stump with the hand cut off at the wrist. I was astonished at this, and he said to me, don't wonder and say to yourself that I am conceited and have eaten with my left hand out of conceit. There is a strange story behind the cutting off of my hand. I asked, How came it to be cut off? Sighing and weeping, he said, I was a native of Baghdad, and the son of one of its most prominent men. When I reached manhood, I heard travellers and other people tell of the land of Egypt and it stayed in my mind. When my father died and I inherited his business, 
I prepared a load of merchandise, taking with me all kinds of fabrics of Baghdad and Mosul, including a thousand silk cloaks. Then I left Baghdad and journeyed until I reached Egypt. When I entered Cairo, I unloaded at the Masrua Caravanserai, where I unpacked the goods and stored them in the storerooms. Then I gave one of my servants money to prepare some food, and after I and my servants ate and I took a rest, I went out for a walk along Bay and Al-Kasrain Street, and then came back and slept. When I arose, I opened the bales of fabric and said to myself, I will go to some good market and find out the prices. I took samples, and, giving them to one of my servants to carry, put on my finest clothes, and walked out until I came to the Jerjus market. When I entered, I was met by the brokers, who had already heard of my arrival. They took my fabrics and auctioned them, but the pieces failed to fetch even their cost. I was vexed and said to the brokers, My pieces did not fetch even their cost. But they replied, Sir, we can tell you how you can make a profit without risk. But morning overtook Shahrazad, and she lapsed into silence. Then Dirazad said, Sister, what a strange and entertaining story. Shahrazad replied, What is this compared with what I shall tell you tomorrow night, if the king spares me and lets me live? The 113th Night The following night, Shahrazad said, I heard, O happy king, that the Christian broker told the king of China that the young man said, The broker said, We can tell you how you can make a profit without risk. You should do what the other merchants do and sell your goods on credit for a fixed period on a contract drawn by a scribe and duly witnessed. Employ a money changer and collect your money every Monday and Thursday. In this way, you will make a profit while you spend your own time enjoying the sights of Cairo and the Nile. I said, This is a good idea, and took the brokers and the porters with me to the caravanserai, where I took out the bales of fabric, and they carried them and went with me to the market, where I sold them on credit on a written and duly witnessed contract, which I left with the banker. Then I left the market and returned to the caravanserai. I lived there, breakfasting every morning on a cup of wine, mutton, pigeons and sweets, until a month went by, and the time came when my receipts began to fall due. Then I began to go to the market every Monday and Thursday, and sit in the shop of one or other of the merchants, while the scribe and money-changer went around to collect the money till past the afternoon prayer when they would bring it, and I could count it and give them a receipt for it, and take it in return to the caravanserai. I did this for six days, until one day, which happened to be a Monday, I went early to the bath. When I came out, I put on nice clothes and returned to my place in the caravanserai, where I breakfasted on a cup of wine and then went to sleep. Then I arose ate a boiled chicken, and, perfuming myself, went to the market and sat at the shop of a merchant called Badr al-Din al-Bustani, 
We sat chatting for a while, when a lady, wearing a cloak and a magnificent headcloth and exhaling perfume, came up to the shop, and her beauty at once captured my heart. She saluted Badr al-Din, raising her upper veil and revealing a pair of large black eyes. He welcomed her and stood talking with her, and when I heard her speech, the love of her got hold of my heart, and I felt a sense of foreboding. Then she asked him, Do you have a piece of silk fabric with hunting scenes? He showed her one of the pieces he had gotten from me, and she bought it for one thousand and two hundred dirhams. Then she said to him, With your permission, I will take it with me and send you the money next market day. He replied, This is not possible, my lady, for this gentleman is the owner of the piece, and I have to pay him for it today. She said, Shame on you! Haven't I been buying much from you at whatever profit you wished, taking the fabric from you and sending you the money afterwards? Badr al-Din replied, Yes, indeed, but this time I need the money today. She threw the piece of fabric back into the shop and said angrily, You merchants, don't respect anyone. May God blight you all. Then she turned to go. But morning overtook Shahrazad, and she lapsed into silence. Then Dinarzad said, O oh, sister, what a strange and entertaining story. Shahrazad replied, What is this compared with what I shall tell you tomorrow night, if the king spares me and lets me live? The 114th Night The following night, Shahrazad said, I heard, O happy king, that the Christian broker told the king of China that the young man said, When she threw the piece of fabric back into the shop and turned to go, I felt as if my soul was going with her and cried out to her, For God's sake, lady, do me a favour and come back. She turned back, saying with a smile, I am coming back for your sake, and sat in the shop facing me. I asked Badr al-Din, Sir, what was the price we set for this piece of fabric? He replied, One thousand and two hundred dirhams. I said, I will give you one hundred dirhams as a profit for it. Give me a piece of paper, and I will write you a discharge. I wrote him a discharge, took the piece of fabric, and gave it to the lady, saying to her, Take it, my lady, and if you wish, bring me the money next market day, or, better yet, accept it as a present from me to you. She replied, May God reward you, and grant you a larger share of riches and a longer life than mine. And the gates of heaven opened, and received Cairo's prayers. I said to her, My lady, this piece of fabric is yours, and, God willing, many like it. Only let me see your face. She turned her head and lifted her veil, and when I took one look, I sighed and lost my senses. Then she let down the veil and, taking the piece of fabric, said, I will miss you, and departed, while I remained in the shop till past the afternoon prayer,
lost in another world. When I asked Badr al-Din about the girl, he said, She is a lady of wealth, the daughter of a prince who died and left her a great fortune. Then I took my leave of him, and went to the caravanserai, still thinking of her. And when they set supper before me, I could not eat, and when I lay down I could not sleep, but lay awake till dawn. Then I rose, changed my clothes, and, swallowing something for breakfast, hurried to Badr al-Din's shop. But morning overtook Shahrazad, and she lapsed into silence. Then Dinazad said, Sister, what a strange and entertaining story. Shahrazad replied, What is this, compared with what I shall tell you tomorrow night, if the king spares me and lets me live? <laughs>